So I don't know if you guys saw this this week, but um, there was this quote on Twitter. I don't remember who said it, but uh, they were, it was talking about gravity, which we'd all seen. And I thought it was pretty great. It said that uh, I feel like it was something like I feel like Alfonso Cuaron saw that TV was winning and he said, nope. This is episode one of Extra Bites, an off-topic gamer sushi podcast. On this episode, we talk about gravity, the Oscars, and what books we're reading. Hi, this is the Gamer Sushi Show, and we're doing an off-topic episode, uh, just a special different treat this week. I'm Jeff. I'm Anthony. And I'm Nick. Um, so, yeah, everybody here has seen Gravity. Uh, I guess spoiler warning for folks who haven't seen it yet. Haven't seen it. But if you haven't seen it, you should see it. You so. should absolutely see it. And I definitely would definitely, go see it. I would definitely recommend it is a movie that justifies IMAX 3D. 3D. Yeah, um, absolutely. Because you want to you have that big, expansive screen. Although, honestly, when I say spoiler alert, I kind of feel like... The, there's no spoilers. Like, yeah. It, it, the, the, it, the premise a, is in the trailers, and it's about the experience of the movie. It's, yeah, I was talking to somebody about it, and I said, uh, who hadn't seen it yet, and I was like, I could spoil it for you, and it, and it wouldn't matter. Wouldn't ruin a thing. Because yeah. it's about the ride. Yeah. It's absolutely about the ride. Yeah, you, and somebody even knowing... could even go point by point and tell you everything that happens in the movie, and it still wouldn't matter the experience would still hit you just as hard. Yeah, because it's, it's the emotional thing. You could tell all the technical details of like, oh, they do this and they do this and they do this and this, but still just the emotional ride that she goes on and then you go on with her is just like, it hits you. It's great. And, and oh. the, the score is amazing. Oh, oh man. Music. So good. Matter of fact, let me Amazon that right now. <laughs> <laughs> no, Thanks like, okay, me. ready? Let, just, let's run down the list. She's, I, I think, Locke for actress, best actress. Oh, easily. Oscars. I mean, I mean, it, well, I don't want to say easily because well, God knows what else could come well, out. Yeah, but I, I also, I've also, I don't think, but I don't think there's any. A lot of the best movies out there, I think, that are coming out, I think, are all like men driven. I don't think there's any strong female roles coming out. And, and it's it's a big deal for for more than just that. Um, it's it's a big strong female role, and it's also the best opening she's had in her entire career. It was actually also... Thanks. And Clooney's. Yeah, and Clooney's. Clooney's previous best opening was actually Batman and Robin, which, you know, it's kind of mm. amazing to think about. Yeah, didn't it make, like, 55 mil opening weekends? Right, and yeah. which was apparently a big surprise to, you know, people in the industry. Uh, or at least, I think they got started getting more excited about it once it uh, premiered at film festivals and it started getting a lot of buzz. But, it was the highest October opening ever. Yeah. But I mean, that's, that's pretty crazy. good, too. And, and, I, I, sorry, I mean, they've, been, they've been selling it as Clooney and Sandra Bullock, but it really is driven it's by her movie. Sandra Bullock. It's, oh, it's yeah. her It's about movie. her character. Completely. But I, and in I addition, also find like... it's 98% on Rotten Tomatoes. Right. Right. So something that is adored by critics, adored by fans, and had the biggest weekend is a rare treat, especially in October. And it's an original story. Yeah. It's not a yeah, sequel. No, it's original, a original. Yeah, Edgar Wright said this. Had said something about that on Twitter. He said uh, something about like, uh, you know, a, a movie that has ninety eight percent on an, an original movie that has ninety eight percent on Rotten Tomatoes and opens to the biggest box office is a good thing for movies. Something yeah. like that. Mm -hmm. Like good thing for everybody. This is what Pacific Rim should have been. Damn it. 
Well, God, the other interesting I mean, come thing. Come on, like, I love Pacific Rim. But Pacific Rim is a fun movie. No, and I'm talking about, it, like, it should have made a lot of is, money. Gravity is, and, a, is a piece of art. Yeah, I, oh, think no, gra- I think Gravity is a lot better movie than Pacific Rim, but I had a lot of fun watching Pacific Right, Rim. no, I'm just saying, like, this, should, this is how we should have been feeling about Pacific Rim. Like, yes, this is making money, and it's fun, and it's original, and all that stuff. Totally. It's just totally. disappointing. Yeah. Well, it's it's interesting because it's it's I mean it's very clearly like it's minimal, it's artistic, it's it's almost like a very simple short story. And like if this if, if yeah, Markel, my fiance didn't even want to go see it right away because she was like, I just don't see how they can sustain a movie that right. long. Right. And and obviously the previews are different from what you actually see in the movie. In the movie, you know, they go inside the space station more. They're not just floating in space the entire time. You know, outside in space, they're not doing spacewalks the entire time. But when she but it, saw the movie, she like she lo- she's like, I know I'm gonna like it. It just doesn't. I just don't want to see it. When she saw it, she loved it. No, it's funny because I did. Uh, uh, God, I overheard some people talking after I got out of the movie, and it was after the first explosion or whatever. I guess some like there was a girl that was like, yeah, after the first explosion, like I was like, wait, how are how much of the movie is fast? How are they going <laughs> to fill the next hour of the movie? But when you're in it, like it seriously felt like the perfect amount of time. Like, yeah, I never did not run too long or anything. Like, honestly, when you felt that it was about to start ending, right? Like mm-hmm. when she gets to the Chinese station or whatever, I felt I honestly didn't feel like the, I had been in the movie that long. Like, mm-hmm. I felt like I'd maybe been in the movie for like 40 minutes. It's it's a brisk 90 minutes. Brisk. It goes by really quick, <laughs> yeah. really fast. Really, uh, but it's so it's so int- intense and it builds. Oh my god! And- I just so I saw it with Michelle and um, we were sitting pretty close, but it's at the arc light. And if no one ever like, I guess most of our viewers don't live in LA, but the arc light is uh, it, well, it's known for being like incredible visuals, incredible sound, and really really comfortable seats. Mm. Yeah, and I've only, that's, I, I saw, and that's why you pay eighteen dollars yeah, to I go the, to it. I saw the world's end there, but I didn't. Did they have a, a real IMAX theater there, or did you just see guys see? No, it? I just saw just three D, not IMAX. Okay, but, cool. Um, no, I saw it. I saw it in uh, Universal. Oh, uh, cool, cool, know, cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Real IMAX. So. Yeah, I saw Jurassic Park there at the the Universal one, nice. the Universal IMAX. Really cool, really cool thing. Except for like, it's like you have to walk through like humanity to get there like all of the tourists like <laughs> like you tourist walk in LA, through, like yeah. all of like ohio <laughs> and like illinois and florida and like new jersey you have to walk through all of that to get to it but yeah a- anthony <laughs> imagine like a theme park mall yeah yeah oh god yeah, i mean and there's I no, crowds, there's no so ri- I, would... I mean are there there's rides nearby and in, in like nearby the... but it's not in that section yeah now. and yeah. but the mall has like the tenor of a theme park and it's just Ooh, like... yeah yeah imagine yeah imagine like like disney or like you know or, or universal i mean because yeah we have passes so we go to disney like every three weeks right now and like i just i hate crowds so much i would kill somebody Do... on the way to that movie theater yeah uh but Gravity, I, yeah. I, so i saw it there um we said second row, but there you the first and second rows are so far removed from the screen. Like they know like every seat in the house is a good seat. But like we, we were there and I was holding her hand and we had to like let go because we were <laughs> grasping each other's hands so hard <laughs> that it was like we were hurting each other. But it was like I didn't like have anything else to grab and I was just like Oh! Like every time she like went to like she flew past and oh she like needed to grab a handle. I was like, oh! I was like trying to grab. So many moments in the movie. Hold where on, I was just Sandy. Like, oh. Hold on. Yes. 
Oh, so, God. so one of the coolest things about it, like, so... Like when she would open the airlock and the door would flip oh, her out. Oh, God. Oh, God. I was like, oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> but, but one of the craziest things about this, I really want to see behind the scenes on how this was filmed. Because... Mm -hmm. That's um, a movie, like most movies nowadays, you know, like, I don't need to see behind yeah, the scenes stuff. I could stuff. care less, Computers. but this is just like... This is when I was like, I need to see it. So Cuaron loves long shots, and there's, there's what? That like, opening shot. The like, opening what, shot, minutes? has to say. There, there's like six or seven shots in the movie that are like five or ten minutes long, right? And that opening oh, shot yeah. does yeah. not cut. I, it's, until I don't like know the debris hits, right? It's got to be so, yeah, until the debris hits. And the first cut is jarring because you're finally, because I was waiting because, you know, I'd heard about it. And when it happened, I was like, oh, oh, there it was. Like, things are getting intense now. Yeah. I just, and I just love the Clooney just, just on the jetpack, just circling around, just shooting the shit, like not even really concerned about anything, just being a badass astronaut. Like that was, oh God, it was great. Well, the interesting thing is that like, I feel like the long shots don't call attention to themselves like they have in his other movies or in, in Children of Men. Yeah, like Children of Men, the long shots call attention to themselves. Just that's like, what I've heard. I haven't seen that movie. It, I hear it, it's, if, I need to watch. Oh, it. Anthony! Children of Men is amazing. But another director that likes that oh. is, is uh, the guy that directed Atonement and Hannah. And, oh, the the one in Atonement was really good. I mean, the one in Atonement is one of my favorite shots in in movies of all time. Like that one just gets me, and I love that movie in general. But. Anthony, Children of Men is seriously one of my favorite movies of the past 20 years. It is now on an Amazon wish list. Do not worry. Well, I'm on it. So, yeah, Children of Men, those long shots, they're really like – they call, they say, look at what I'm doing. And mm. the same thing – I can't remember. Oh, yeah, they're flashy thing. and glitzy yeah. and like – they're like – they're kind of like a what do you got? Like look mm. at what I fucking did. It's, right. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Whereas in, in this, it's – they don't call it – It feels right. It's like – it's, it's such perfect a wide for shot, the pacing. It it's, for, it's, yeah. it's like the – that's the pacing the movie needed. You know, like it's so intense and it doesn't it doesn't need fast cuts to make it intense, which is awesome. No. Like so many other directors would have been like, we got to cut this like crazy so you can see all the stuff flying all over the place. And he's just like, I'm going to show you this giant like black space and just let it like. Right. But that's the thing, like that, like one of the biggest issues with like Transformers and like movies like that is that they're cut too fast. You can't tell what's and going on. And they're too fast. Close. The camera is shaking. And you, yeah. you can't tell what's going on. That's why, like, you know, with Pacific like Rim, they, they wanted to say, like, you know, Pacific Rim was like, we want big robots fighting and we want to see them fight and all this stuff. And they did a good job. I know it's a different thing. But still, like, the action here, it's like it's happening. Like, things were exploding in the background of the shot, but they're, you're not cutting at all. Hmm. Like, it's just happening in the background. Things are just exploding against each other. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and some of the best moments, like, there were people in the, the audience that were, like, gasping when they noticed things, like, far off in the background. I was like, yeah. Oh, yeah, dude. That's, I think <laughs> yeah, it's got to also win best sound design. Yeah. Like, oh, lack if it of doesn't, sound, I mean, sound design. I, like, I know best, and the visual effects, too, because, like, I didn't realize it until afterwards that, like, whenever they're floating, you know, like, I, I sort of noticed it a little bit when I was watching it, but then afterwards I started to put it together that, like, Whenever they're spacewalking, I mean, that's all digital, and they just, like, superimpose their faces in there. Yep, and that's why you I know? want to see the behind-the-scenes, because yeah. because of those long shots, they couldn't use the, the vomit comet stuff that's, that's used yes. a lot of times for, like, in, I think, Apollo, Apollo 13, 13 and mm -hmm. stuff like that. And that's the special plane that flies high enough and then into the atmosphere and then drops to Drop, simulate yeah. uh, weightlessness. So for this, they actually had like Sandra Bullock hanging in like a, a black box. Yeah, like and a nine like, by four black box. Yeah, and it's it's all compositing. Like so, everything in the movie that looks like like, which is amazing to think about because it's again it's pretty seamless. Yeah, 
and like whenever you see them in space, it, it's literally just the actors' heads. Like you're yeah. you're like all the rest of them is digital, which is that, yeah, crazy. It's, yeah. So now like I have to go back and watch it because like it did it looked completely natural. Like mm-hmm. I didn't notice. I mean, granted, they're in the suits. So there's not a lot of like rapid movement that you know calls attention to it. But still, it's like that was yeah. that was really incredible. And one of the things I love, just real quick, a small detail is, and it's just you know in terms of being realistic, but like the fact that you could almost always see the earth reflected in their helmets mm-hmm. is yeah. like just it's right there it makes like so close but so far away and just oh man like just little things like that just make you realize the the scale of things and it it was just oh god yeah. loved it well it's it, so it, beautiful if that doesn't win best cinematography fuck the oscars <laughs> well like, i was going like, to say like even though i kind of feel like the best picture doesn't quite mean what it used to mean like mm-hmm. the last couple best pictures have been kind of like, eh. It feels like the Oscars like saying a political statement sometimes, right. as right. opposed well, to the best movie. Also, also if oh, okay, well here here's another thing, the, a little dirty secret about Hollywood. Yeah. If there's a movie about Hollywood, it's, it's gonna well, win best picture. Like the artist. Hollywood loves Hollywood, like Argo. And, I mean, Hollywood loves loves Hollywood. And you know what? Yeah. I like I, I liked Argo. I thought it was a little bit overhyped, and I love the artist. Uh, and I'm not saying it's a bad thing, no, but I'm no, saying no, that no. if there's a movie about Hollywood this year, it's, it's going it's to be right. up. Yeah, it's well, going to be I, Gravity. I, I, yeah, so I, I bet Gravity's going to get nominated for Best Picture. Oh, um, we'll definitely get Best Picture, Best Director, Best Cinematography, Best Sound Design, Best Visual Effects. It'll get nominated for. I all would that. really like. I would really like to see him win Best Best Director. I would really I like would to love see. That too. Has he ever like, been? He's been nominated before, haven't he? Hasn't he? For Children of Men, right? Or no? Well, I don't know. I'm gonna check because I feel like I'm, he's been nominated for stuff, but he's never. I'm won. checking right now. Yeah, hold on. I'll follow him. Awards. Where are you? IMDb. Useless. Useless to me. You find it? No. Hold on. I'm going to his Wikipedia page. I'm trying to. Yeah. Awards and nominations. Uh. Nope. Screenplay. Screenplay. Editing. Damn. That's our academy. He's never what been nominated cut? for director? What did he Not cut? for the academy, no. Wow. For Itamama Tambien and Children of Men for editing and screenplay. And it's play. so funny to think that he started out with Itamama Tambien. Because has a, and I don't want to get on this, I mean, but being half Hispanic, has a Hispanic director ever won Best Picture? Mm, I don't know. Director? Uh, but wait, Best Picture or Best Director? Best Director. Best director. That's a good question. Because, um, I mean, it's not one of those things I've ever gotten into, but sitting here thinking, I was like, as this is happening, I'm like, I would really like to see that. Like, that would be nice. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Jeff is gonna. Type. I'm googling now. So, so now that we're kind of on the topic of of the Oscars, is there? We're gonna be getting into that season where you know the best picture favorites start release. We're in we're in the prestige season, like like yep. how it goes. Um, um, can 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 you even begin to imagine like what might be the the best picture nominees for next year? Like other than uh, other than gravity, I uh, know just three nominee three nominees, but no winners. Oh, okay, that was quick. Sorry to interrupt you. Go ahead. But no, uh, can, can you think of anything else? Like I'm I'm just looking at like what's coming up. I know that's um, coming up. That's I don't the thing. know I, don't, I can't tell you. Like I don't the know. Uh, the Wolf of Wall Street might get delayed, so it might not make it into the nominations for this year. But I feel like that's definitely going to Captain be Phillips will be nominated. Yeah. Yeah, I'm hearing a lot of that. I didn't expect it when I first saw the preview, but now I'm starting to see. Dude, did you see the trailer that played during the finale of Breaking Bad? For... Oh, I fast forwarded through the commercials. Okay, well, we fast forwarded through everything except that trailer. Mm-hmm. And that trailer was in fucking tense. Like, was as intense as the finale. Like, really? it 
it was like on level with it. And so like we sat there and watched the whole thing. And afterwards, everybody was just like, whoa, I need to go see that fucking movie. Like, yeah, it was that was an intense trailer. And I'm on board. I want to go see it. Um, I want to see American Hustle. God, that's yeah. gonna be so fucking good. There, that's that's the best picture, best director right there. <laughs> well, I love the Led Zeppelin. No, no, song nomination, that, like, nomination. I, I love nominated. the trailer with the Led yeah. Zeppelin song. Like that's just yeah. so perfect. And they look the right, so the right use of Led Zeppelin can yeah. make everything like look really good. I kind of feel like you know, people have been talking about enough. Said the uh, uh, James Gandolfini's last. Yeah, that's starting to pick up some momentum, and I feel like I haven't seen the movie. Um, I've seen other movies I almost by feel the like same director. He might get a sentimental kind of you know best supporting actor i've heard mm. and it's usually i'm usually against that but for my man gandolfini i would really like make me happy like i would like tear up if that happened yeah and i want to see that movie too because i mean she she's a comedic genius yeah julia louis dreyfus yeah yeah um i hear a lot about that 12 years of slave lately i haven't seen it yet, yeah but. so yeah that's by the the guy that made um oh, he's worked with uh uh guy whose name i'm forgetting he basically he directed shame and a couple other movies with the same actor um steve mcqueen yeah steve mcqueen and, and the actor's name who i am forgetting. Uh, i can never say his name the guy from serenity <laughs> no it's uh fassbender michael fassbender. Oh, fassbender oh yeah sorry i love talking about the uh the guy uh, who's a slave no, no, no you guys i have a i have kind of a big man crush on my on fassbender he's me too awesome. yeah. me too he i always is... like Nudge markel like you like Fassbender, right? And she's like, no, I actually don't care for him that much. I'm like, well, I like him. <laughs> yeah, no, I, he's, he, yeah, I just, I think he's not like, in X-Men First Class, I just bought oh, it 100%. He was 100%. so good. Well, he's, like, and the, he's one the of the scene, best parts in Inglorious Bastards, too. The, oh, yeah, yeah he, he's great. He totally yeah. is. The scene in X-Men First Class where he goes to, like, the, the South American country and he, like, yes. mess, you know, in the Germans yes. in the bar. I was just like, I want to watch that movie where Magneto just hunts down Nazis all the time. <laughs> Oh God, yes! It was in khakis. Well, yeah, it's like Magneto plus Inglorious Bastards. Yeah, in a nice polo and khakis. Yeah, but, that would but, be great. But yeah, uh, so I want to say all of Stephen Queen's movies have had Michael Fassbender in them: Shame, Hunger, Twelve Years a Slave. Markel saw Shame, and she still didn't come out liking him, which is weird because I know he's naked in that. So yeah, I haven't I haven't seen any of. It's just so it's interesting that that it's like getting to be a big deal. Um, I'm gonna be going to the Austin Film Festival later this month, and I might might manage to see that there. Um, I don't know what else is. I know that is playing there, but I don't, I don't know what else is playing. We saw a preview for uh, when we saw gravity for August Osage County. Oh, August Osage County. Yeah. It's based Osage on County. That, I've seen, I've yeah. seen the play. That's what it said. And um, I was like, Oh, that looks like it could be interesting. I like it. Markel uh, definitely wanted to see it. Cause it had Man, McGregor I, in it. I can't even tell you what play, what were the trailers in front? I, I guess they were so, there was that <laughs> one, and well, this okay, is not I'm an really, Oscar nomination, where, where but the one called About Time. Yes. Uh, but I really want to see that. Yeah. Did Love Actually? Yeah. <laughs> I was like, that looks good. I don't think that'll get nominated for anything, but it looks like an Oscar. No, I don't think so either, but I want to see I'm it. I'm really looking forward to uh, The Secret Life of Walter Mitty. I really Oh, really yeah. That, that'll probably get nominated for something, right? I want, I want that to be good. Um, like, I'm, I'm a little worried that it might be cool visually, but not, like... Yeah, to its trailer. substance, right? Yeah, yeah. not be emotionally. It's resonant. like because it's like a fun, like quirky, mm. cool, hip trailer. I mean, Ben Stiller is a smart guy, and he he, I I like him as an actor when he does stuff with 
like that actually uses his range because he has a lot of range, uh, and he directed it. Listen, cable guy. <laughs> <laughs> did um did anybody see Fruitvale Station? Because I had a lot of um talk going for it when it came no, out. No, but I line. heard it's phenomenal, and I I love that kid. You know who that kid is, right? Uh, he was Wallace. in The Wire, and he was in Friday Night, Friday Night Lights. Lights. Oh, I didn't Wallace. know he was on The Wire. He's so good, and he's rumored to be the next Human Torch in the next yeah. uh, Fantastic yeah, Four. Nice. That's yeah. what I heard. That'd um, be cool. Oh, so I he's found- he's awesome. He's fucking awesome. I, haven't I can't seen wait to get to his season in Friday Night Lights because I loved him on The Wire. Yeah. I didn't realize that it was on, that that's cool. I, I I haven't finished The Wire, so it, is he on? He's in the first he's season. season. He's, Wall- he's in season one. Okay, okay, yeah, I I know. Okay, I can remember now. Yeah, but yeah. He's Where's wait. Have you what season of Friday Night Lights are you on? Uh, we finished season two. Oh, okay, you haven't gotten to him yet. He's really good in it. Oh. I can't wait for you. It, <laughs> we're going to get there so soon. Cool. As soon as we clear out Ugh. some of these new fall shows, we're going to get back to it. Nice. Oh, so I just remember another another movie that's coming out, the new Spike Jones movie, uh, Her. With, oh, uh, yeah, with um, Joaquin, right? Yeah, with Joaquin yeah. Phoenix and Scarlett Johansson. Markel's that. favorite actor, so yes, we will be seeing that. <laughs> <laughs> she she picks movies based on who's in it. Nice. She wanted to see Runner Runner instead of Gravity, and I vetoed the fuck well, out the, of that. Didn't she want to see the new Coen Brothers movie inside Llewellyn, Llewyn Davis that has music from one of the Mumford sons? Oh, God, she made me listen to that song the other night. Yeah, no, she's dying for that movie. Yeah. And I'm, I'm cool with it because it's the Coen Brothers, right. so it's fine. So but, I kind of yeah. feel like that that's like general, that's what might be nominated for Best Picture. I don't know if any one of those is like, I'm kind of pulling for Gravity right now. <laughs> Yeah, no, I'm pulling gravity. I just, I, I don't know. It's hard to know until we get to like that season, right? Um, and I rarely manage to see all of the movies that are nominated. Well, you know, I did a good job of it last year, but not. I don't, I don't think this year I'll be able to see all the ones that'll be nominated. But I, um, I just think for sure Sandra Bullock will get best act. I mean, she carries that movie and. Just does such a great job on it, and 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 deserves the nomination. Like I, I kind of feel like before when she won, I never saw The Blind Side, but I got. I did. It wasn't that great. Yeah, it was see, I got great. the impression was... that it was more. That was more like a. You should have this because of. Because of white guilt, like I fucking <laughs> yeah. hate that movie. That movie is so fucking white guilt. I, I don't uh, like that movie. I, the movie was like, like I get why people like liked it. You know why it became like a hit, but the the southern woman the tough southern woman thing has been done so many times and done well by many people that i was just like there's no degree of difficulty in this this role here you know like i forget who else was nominated that year but someone else deserved to win i'm sure yeah. i mean but that's the thing she has a talent but she deserves actress. it now yeah that's the thing yeah so i it would be better if she won for this uh all right so we've talked about movies for a bit i actually read a really cool book recently that i think um Anybody who is a fan of like sci-fi or space opera um, should definitely check out. Um, it's called Ancillary Justice by Anne Leckie. Uh, and the premise of it is the main character uh, is a soldier uh, called an ancillary who the way ancillaries work in her society, it's like ships have an AI that controls thousands of these ancillary soldiers that are um, the bodies of citizens from societies that have been uh, annexed. So, like, whenever this this uh, society invades other human worlds, 
they take prisoners and they keep them in their holds and they convert them into these ancillary soldiers that basically share a mind with the ship. So it's like the ship has a personality and controls all these thousands of soldiers that behave like they're individual people but actually aren't. Um, and so the main character of Ancillary Justice is one of these ancillary soldiers who has been disconnected from her ship. So her only personality is like the ship's personality, except she's like in this human body and uh, she's trying to get revenge on um, the guy she, she considers like the cause of, of, of her situation, um, who, is, who is the, uh, the lord of her society, who, this, this is the other thing, like the, the lord of the society also has like thousands of, of bodies that he controls with one mind. Um, and then further complicating matters is the fact that the language she speaks doesn't uh, have any distinction between the genders. So she refers to everybody as she, like whether, whether or not they're male or female. Um, and it, it was, so it was, it was kind of a, a wild book to read, but I really enjoyed it. Um, and it's like the, the debut novel by this author. Um, and it, it just came out like a week or two ago. I, Nick, I think you would definitely like it. Yeah, it sounds like something I'd be interested in. I'm going to put it on the list. That's, that's Ancillary Justice by Anne Leckie. Thank you. Yeah. I need to oh, I have just too many books. But I, yeah, I I've think got I might so many that I still have. <laughs> I mean, are you guys reading anything right now? Like, Nick, are you are you working on any books? Oh, man. I'm, oh, I don't want to. Oh, I've, what happened? What happened? I don't, I Aren't you reading like 18 books at once? <laughs> yeah, I did. But, and then I got too overwhelmed, and then I stopped reading all of them. But um, I used to do that. I can't do it anymore. i got to focus on one book. Now, no, I, that's what I need to do. I just need to choose the book. And the problem is, is like I, I feel like I should read uh, American Gods because it, it's my girlfriend's, so I kind of feel the need to like you know do like do it and give it back to her. But at the same time, it's like the biggest of the books. Like I feel like I could go through like Name of the Wind is shorter. Or uh, really? I read that. I'm on. I'm on the second book of that. That's what I I'm think. reading right now. Isn't Name of the Wind like it seems shorter? I don't know. <laughs> One of them is an ebook, and one of them is a real book. So the real book just looks bigger, maybe. Right. I don't know. <laughs> or or uh, Leviathan Wakes. Like uh, both of those seem shorter than American. Amer God. So American Gods is like more than six hundred pages. Name of the Wind is. I mean, I, I can look. Right I can tell you right now, the Wise Man's Fear is a thousand pages. Name of the I've Wind is seven hundred pages, man. So it's funny that you think Name of the Wind looks. Oh, uh, well, I, I guess it's just because one is an ebook. Yeah. Yeah, I guess you're right here. I guess it's here it's only it's only 592 pages. Oh, maybe I could. I don't know. I guess so I should do American Gods. It sounds like all the books you're trying to read are like. Isn't the the Leviathan Wakes is a pretty big book too, isn't it? Yeah, it's pretty. It's pretty big. Um, I read that one. I really liked it. It was good. I'm going to yeah, pick I up the sequel. I think I read. And it I also I went. I went to uh, the last bookstore, which if any of y'all are in LA, you should go because it's really fucking cool. Uh, it's like it's a, it's like a used bookstore, but it's really cool. Like it's downtown in this really cool space, and it's two stories. And the downstairs story is kind of like a regular bookstore or whatever. But then you go upstairs, and it has like this. It's called they call it the labyrinth or whatever. But it's just it's all basically all the sci-fi and fantasy books. And we have something like that here called Haslam's. It's really good. Yeah, yeah, and it's all set up like. Like 
you know the the bookshelves are all like crooked and like well, they, and set they've, up. They've mm-hmm. made like art, so there 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 are books yes. that are made into arches or that are like flying yes. off the shelves. Yeah, and then there's also if you then when you go past that section, you go into a, another section of of books that are all uh, nonfiction books, and they're all categorized differently. And like when you get the first part of it, they're all just categorized by the color of the cover. So you just have a bunch of red books and a bunch of orange books, and oh, it like cool. looks really fucking cool. And then you go, and then they have just kind of like random books that are categorized by a weird system that you'll have to talk to a guy about, probably. <laughs> well, and, and they're all they, they're all a dollar in that room. Like everything that's that, that's the thing. Like it's they're they're yeah. not they're not sorted any way you could find a book, but everything in there is a dollar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and then you go, and then they have like this kind of like art installation thing. Where like some artists will just have like a setup in a room, so it's like it's it's kind of it's more of an experience than it's a bookstore. Like it is a bookstore, and I bought books there, but it's kind of like a just a fun place to go on like a Saturday as well. Yeah. But I went down there and I picked up um, uh, Lord of the Rings and Dune, old like old old copies of it because the artwork on the cover was really fucking cool. Like it was like one of the first few print like the first. Style covers like it well, probably wasn't the first, but maybe the first or second or third styled cover of Dune and of that. And then I also picked up um, uh, Cryptonomicon, which nice. is another fucking big book. But I, lo- it, I love. I, I would argue that Cryptonomicon is a quick read, even though it's it's a big book. Like well, I I wanted Snow Crash, but they didn't have it. So uh, I, got, I love Snow Crash too. I yeah, I know I need to read it, but like. So I have those three books too, and I have American Gods, and then I have Leviathan Wakes and Name of the Wind, and so I just and like the other like the Lord of the Rings and Dune, those aren't like big like I basically just got those because the cover looked cool and they were like two bucks. Right. But I I actually have never read those, so I should. I read I, Dune my freshman year in college, which seemed like the place to do it, and uh, I really liked it. It was good. Yeah, I read Dune a long time ago. I don't. I would really like to go back and read it again because now I'm a little bit smarter, uh, <laughs> and I would like to you know. <laughs> Well, you'd be uh, able to like probably give, put it in context with the other I'd books be, that you've read, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, but uh, what I did when I was at Florida State, because uh, there was a bunch of used bookstores there, and it was great. There were some really big ones and nice ones. Is um, I would go and I would, I went on Amazon and did research. I was like, let me find all like the, you know the good fantasy series to read and stuff like that. And I would buy the first book in the series used. And if I liked it, then I would cont- I would buy the rest of the books new. But you know, the first book, like to try it out, I would buy it used, and I got like with like seven or eight you know new series to read and everything and that was that was always really cool i was happy with that it's a good uh it's a good thing to do there's this news used bookstore near here not haslam's but a crappier one you go in there to trade in books first thing they'll tell you is like we don't give money you can only trade them for credit and they're like i'll have an attitude about it i'm like yeah i'm here i'm here for books lady leave me alone i actually went like that i used to when i lived in kansas there was a bookstore where it was the kind of deal where you could only trade in books for credit, um, and when you bought, like when you got books with credit, you just had to pay a dollar. Mm-hmm. But uh, it it was a pretty good deal there. That's not bad. You lived um, in Kansas for for a while when I was when I was growing <laughs> up. You didn't know I knew that question was coming. By the way, that's funny. Yeah, no, I lived in I lived in Kansas from like elementary school until sophomore year of high school. Oh, okay, so you're not like native Texan. Uh, I was born in Texas. Oh, okay, so you are native Texas. I'm so confused. <laughs> Tell me your life story. Let's make this the Jeff podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I was I was born in Texas, but we moved a couple. We like we moved to upstate New York for a couple years, and then to Kansas from Ooh. like elementary school to 
So I didn't move back until high school. Oh, okay. All right. Cool. And that's when he met me and Mark and Eddie, and then everything's history. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the rest is all legend now. Now he lives in California. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Uh, Anthony, you haven't said like what books you're reading right now. Are you reading anything? I am reading The Wise Man's Fear, uh, which is the sequel to The Name of the Wind. Um, and in between that, I've stopped. It's because it's a thousand-page book. And every now and then, I'll go to the library and I'll just see something and grab it, and then you know, have to quickly read that, and then go back to the to the Wise Man's Fear. I read um, a really interesting book about Jesus um, by that guy who was insulted on Fox News. Um, Is it Richard Dawkins or something? Or? No, hold on. Let me get um, Reza Aslan. Oh yeah, 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 okay. And um, it's good. It's a look at the historical Jesus, uh, not the biblical one. And um, it's a really good uh, variant. I learned a lot that I didn't know about Jesus because I never really studied him. Um, it might offend some people because, you know, with your religion, you take it on faith and stuff like that. And this, if you just look for the historical facts of Jesus, you'll find some things that might shake your faith if you're, you know, loose on it or something like that. But I really, I thought it was a very interesting read. It was very good. Um, and then uh, I just finished reading Warren Sapp's autobiography because he's a former Buccaneer, and I wanted to see what I he had to say him, about. I saw him uh, about a year ago over at the NFL Network. Uh, oh, really? At, at the food truck outside NFL Network. Oh yeah. Yeah, I wanted to talk <laughs> to him, but then I was like, no, he's gonna hate that. And then yeah, I just, he he really doesn't like that. He's, he's he was famous for it here in Tampa of not liking people talking to him while he was, especially while he was eating. He did say one really interesting thing that uh, I thought was I never knew this about NFL players. He said that, you know, like when you're on offense and there's an interception, the, the coaches look at the film and when the tackle is made of the, the intercepting defender, um, they freeze the picture. And if you're not in the frame, they fine you $1,500 because you weren't hustling to make the tackle. Oh, wow. Really? Yeah. Yeah. He, that's what he said. He said, in, they did, he said they did it in Tampa. And he goes, and I, I've heard they do it in every NFL team. You can just ask any offensive lineman. He goes, so that's why offensive linemen hustle their ass to make the tackle because they're going to lose $1,500 if they're not near the tackle. What? Yeah, that's, and that's crazy that like, you can find people just for like, you know, something on the field like that, not like you know, a, a, a disciplinary action, but just like, hey, you, were, you weren't hustling. Give me $1,500. Bucks. Um, but that's what he said. But um, other than that, I've been, yeah, I've been reading The Wiseman's, which I really like, um, uh, just trying to get through it because then I have a bunch of other books I need to read. And I thought there was something else. Oh, I read a book by, um, I hate this now that I'm old and I forget what books are called. <laughs> and, oh, God. It was the guy who wrote Gone, Baby, yep. Gone. Oh, uh. God, we're so old. How do people listen to us? This is, this is the worst. Dennis Lehan. Yeah, Dennis Lehane or Lehan or however you say his name. Yeah, oh, it was called um, Live by Night, uh, the book he wrote. I've been uh, wanting to read some, like something by him. It's really good because this one's set in the 20s. It's, you know, it's crime because he always does crime stuff. It's set in the 20s. And a large portion of the book, this is what got me to read it, takes place here in Tampa in Ybor City. And it was really, really cool because you know, you know, Tampa isn't like New York or Boston. It's not in every single book. So when you get to read a guy who clearly knows this area, well, I think he went to college in St. Pete, um, which is near here. Uh, it was really cool to just read like, about Ebor, like he mentions the restaurant that my wedding reception will be at, nice. like which has been there since like the 20s or even before that. Um, and 
you know, he just talks about Tampa. Like, I learned a lot about the history of my city just by reading uh, his book. And it, it's a really good book. I mean, it's a, it's a traditional crime story. It's a little bit more epic than I thought it would be. But um, it was really good. It was a very good read. There was a lot of times when I was just like, I haven't read a book like that in a while. And I was like, oh, yeah, this this is fun. So um, so that was good. And that was probably the last book I read other than the Warren Sapp thing. Yeah, so. I've, I've been getting more into historical fiction in the last couple of years. I really, mm-hmm. I actually really like, um, and part of the reason I want to read something by Dennis Lehane is, is because he, he does this. Uh, I read some historical fiction that was also like a mystery, mm-hmm. and which is just awesome. Like I read this um, really great book uh, about New York City, uh, like before and during a big, the big fire in the late, oh, what's the time time period? Like there was there was a, a a fire at one point that burned down like a huge part of New York City, so this book was like a murder mystery set in that that same time period. Wasn't it like in a? Wasn't it like the seventeen hundreds? Yeah, I want to say so. Yeah, it was like seventeen seventy six. I thought. Um, I can find it real quick. Just... The God. Oh, so the name of the book is The Gods of Gotham by Lindsay Fay. Um, yeah, and it's set that's in, a good book name. That's, it's, it's, that's, that's exactly what I was going to say. Yeah, it's set in 1845, so that's okay. that's when the the fire. I think the fire you're thinking of is the like the fire. The one in started by the Revolutionary War. Well, there was one in London that was in like the late 1600s. That might have been one okay. you're thinking of. But yeah, no, this this was awesome. It you know it's like a, a murder mystery set against the backdrop of okay, this was the coolest part of it. 1845 is when New York City formed their very first police force. Up until that point, there weren't police officers. Oh. And people weren't happy about this because they, they felt like it was an occupying army. So it was like, it was controversial. Um, but yeah, so, so I've been, I've been uh, more into historical fiction lately. Um, we're going to go ahead and wrap up this, this little off-topic podcast. Um, I have one question for you, Jeff. Yeah? Before we end up. Have you, are you going to read Gardens of the Moon soon? Never. <laughs> <laughs> you have to read it. Uh, so I've been reading Anna Karenina since December of 2012. If I finish Anna Karenina this year, maybe I'll start Gardens but of I'm the Moon. But I'm telling you, like as your friend... I own, I own Gardens is, of the Moon. I'll read it at some point. This is my favorite book series of all time. I'll, it read, it at, cry I'll read it at some point. You, multiple you, times. You for, everyone, for everyone else, it's, it's by Steven Erickson. The, the series is called The Malaysian Book of the Fallen. The first book is called Gardens of the Moon. This series, I, when, if, when, I, when I closed the book, I sobbed. Like, sobbed crying. Like, it was fantastic. The best writing I've ever read in my life. I can't hype it up enough. I don't want to hype it up too much, though. Like, it's fantastic. So anyway, you just really hyped it up a lot. I know, but, like, it's just the way, like, it made me... This guy writes, like... You, you know, when you read writers, you're like, oh, this this makes me want to write. This guy makes me not want to write because I can never write as good as this guy. He, and he does one a year, like a thousand-page book yeah. a year. Yeah, no problem. And there's, like, 15 of them aren't there or something. There's there's 10 in the series. Okay. The series right. is already done. You don't have to wait. Not like George R. R. Martin. <clears throat> <laughs> All right, well, with that, we're going to wrap it up. So, uh... If, if this is actually released as a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> if they let this play. If they let this one out, um, you can rate, rate and review us. Uh, give us between five and seven stars. Um, <laughs> Starting on a scale five. of three. On a scale of three. <laughs> if, if you want to follow us on, on Twitter, uh, it's twitter.com slash gamersushi. I am twitter.com slash unsquare. I am twitter.com slash anthonytaylor underscore. Twitter.com slash nickcomardo. 
Eddie is twitter.com slash Eddie Rivas, and Mitch is twitter.com slash MI7CH. Um, and this has been a fun off-topic podcast. Hopefully, Hope we'll, you've enjoyed it. Yeah, hopefully yeah. we'll talk about games sometime soon. So. <laughs> mm-hmm. All right. Good night, guys. Good night, Bye, guys. <laughs>